OTB Rugby. It was a case of, it's going to be really difficult to beat this Gloucester team at home here, uh, but we owe it to the fans and ourselves to get a performance. It was a very emotional kind of Friday night meeting. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Okay, we're uh, continuing our build-up to the All-Ireland Senior Football Championship final this weekend. I'm on my little uh, tour through Kerry, and I have to say the drive-in here to Gwaeltacht was something else. And I'm joined by a by a Kerry legend and a club legend as well, Daryl Canadia. How are you, Dar? I'm great. No, um, nice description there. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody around here considers anyone legends or anything like that. You need to have a few more middles, but yeah, it's a nice, nice setting, and you're as far back as you can go. It's in West Kerry now at this stage, you know. So and a lot of history in the ground that we're looking out on there and. It's great that we roll out the flags and uh, I suppose the banner supporting our own man Brian O'Begley this week. So that's where the that's where we're at in the club this week anyway. I can imagine it feels like Land's End out here. It it, it must be so people on the camera can't see it, but you'll you'll see from Google Images the the mountains in the background and the mist, yeah. uh, and you've got the. I mean, you're fully on the Wild Atlantic Way. It must be one of the most scenic GA pitches in the country. Well, you're as close as you possibly can be right where we are right now to the Atlantic, because just over behind the dugout here is is the sea and it's a kind of fierce attraction always was with underage as well with teams used to come to us and even our most recent opposition here in the county league once the game is over they all go into the sea for a swim as well like so but I can't say it, it's usually howling wind and all that so you've picked a very quiet day I think <laughs> the fog is keeping things quiet around here but yeah this this pitch has been here since the early 1980s pure community driven effort like we built a second pitch then about four years ago for Camorta's Pell and the Gwelt up the road so we're, we're able to cater for boys and girls, men and women, without any internal arguments and stuff like that. It keeps people happy. They're serious facilities. As you say, they get lucky with the weather. The, the flags are waving a little bit over there, but I'd, I'd say you'd have, you've had some unbelievably uh, depressing nights training down here in the in the howling wind and rain, no doubt. Yeah, that's a lot, a lot of that. We had one of them last night. It was horrible, <laughs> a horrible night for training. Balls skidding everywhere, wind and everything. But, uh, you know, it, it's the nature of it. I think it's always a big advantage to us when we play games here. We like to think it's a bit like, not just Galarus, it's Galatasaray. You know, it's a horrible place to come to, you'd hope. And it's the kind of thing that we're trying to, do, you know, uh, build again. You know, we're an intermediate club at the moment. And, um, you know, we, I suppose 20 years ago, we'd have been a strong senior club. But we are where we are at the moment. We got promoted back to Division two, Division 1 in the County League recently. That's huge around here. And... Uh, two weeks after the All-Ireland this next Sunday is very important for us of course it is like, but we're playing the Clifford's Club Fossa uh, two weeks after uh, two weeks after the All-Ireland so um, that's the focus of the moment around here For people who, who aren't familiar you're the you're the club chairman here of Anguilla at the moment so I mean, how do you find that administrative side of it I'm sure it adds a, a different layer to the whole thing Ah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm involved as selector as well with the senior team, you know, so you keep the eye in everywhere. It's like your typical rural club, I suppose. You're struggling at AGMs to get fellas to take jobs. Like, and, you know, there was so much done for us as kids, like, you know, in the, on this pitch. Like, it's great to be in a position, that part of your life, I'm in my late 40s now, to be able to give something back, like, the, you know, my parents and other people before them did. Like, it's 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 huge. That's the, that's the real nature of the GA, and anybody that's listening knows it. Like, you know, it's involved in their local club. Um, this week has been tough... <laughs> with tickets and lack of tickets and such like and it, it, it's actually 
pinching a bit more than it was this time last year and I suppose it's just the Dublin factor really you know yeah. um, and there's a lot of Dublin tentacles and holiday homes around here as well so I'm sure they're scooping up a few tickets of time our club membership is, is, is strong like, and it's great to see that interest it's great to see we had a the stand about 20 feet away earlier this, this week Monday night we had uh, X amount of tickets to give our poor enough quality like but everybody that looked or felt entitled for a ticket I'd like to think walked away with at least one ticket and you know we, we did our best for them we could do no more Well as the, the Merish or the uh, selector with the club here you have a similar job to, to Dublin's coaching team and Dublin's Merish Kapak Gilroy um, you know t- trying to trying to come up with a plan for, for David Clifford in a club game I'm sure that's a that's a fun job to have to do Yeah it's a huge dilemma always like because you know the way when Bernard Brogan was going so well for Dublin years ago and probably maybe Mark O'Shea might have been our best back <laughs> at the time you'd be saying ah, look if Mark keeps him to three or four points from play he's done a good day's work <laughs> with David in every club game he plays down here in Kerry it's kind of if you can keep him to seven or eight points yeah. you're, you're doing well enough um, we played him in a minor division three final there about I suppose it's six years ago now or seven years ago maybe and I think David kicked about 110, 111, 112 or something like that. Got sent off in the last two or three minutes. But we had another lad, Brian O'Begley's brother, Rory O'Begley, who went on to play. He's injured at the moment with a cruise ship. He kicked 2-7 for us at the other end, and I think we came out on the right side of it. <laughs> so hopefully in two weeks' time now, when we play them in the Intermediate Championship, like they're all Ireland Junior Champions from last year, so they're a, a team very much on the up. They have Eamon Fitzmaurice on the sideline, former Kerry manager, who taught and coached all our fellas here uh, as, as, a, as a school teacher inside in Dingle. So I think the familiarity will definitely breed a bit of contempt there. Right? <laughs> One thing about Ireland final, then you mentioned the club, like even I was chatting to Charlie Redmond during the week up at his, his club, Barons Island in Finglas. And when you have someone, as you say, with Brino Beaudley on the, on the panel, like it adds an extra special element to it. When, you know, when, even for the young kids around this club, I mean, to see a, a lad who grew up playing on this pitch and grew up in the local area, you know, lining out uh, as a panel member in Ireland final, they must be must be so yeah. special. Yeah, it, it's huge. We've always had a connection with the Kerry team. When Brian won his All Ireland medal last year, that was the fiftieth All Ireland medal in this club. Obviously, really? the Shea's take nearly half of them between <laughs> <laughs> Paddy and the three three boys, and the, the fourth O'Shea brother is a selector on the sideline this year, and he was our most successful ever coach in the club here. But Brian won one last year and that made it 50, I think, in counting for us. We're hoping it got, gets to 51. Aino Conachur was on the panel as well last year, a great servant of the club here. Um, he's back with us again this year, but Brian is there. We have the posters up and the banners up in support. And Brian is very much clued in as well to what's going on. He played two county league games with us earlier on this year, which normally they wouldn't be allowed to do. But, you know, in fairness to Jack O'Connor's management, they've been very good when players are coming back from injury to try and use the club, kind of give them a bit of air miles again. like and. Brian knows exactly the effort the lads are putting in here as well during the during the course of the year, and I think Brian has matured an awful lot as a footballer as well. He's a great sense of who he is and what constitutes a good club footballer, and he's he is, as you say, you know, very much an inspiration to a lot of the lads under sevens, nines, elevens, thirteens, and fifteens, and all the way up. What was that like that this week All Ireland final build up week like for you as a player? Do you know. Uh, you know when you're chairman I suppose and you're and you're dealing with ticket requests and all the rest but as a player and even on, on All-Ireland final day little things like getting the bus to the, to the stadium and the Garda escort and, and even walking behind the, the RTN band like are you able to years later recall those moments or are you just completely in a little psychological bubble for the, that period? Yeah, a lot of those years I would have been 12 years in an inter-county carry panel like, and you know, a lot of it is a blur I tend to remember underage games better and club games right. even better I don't know why whatever what default settings there and what I, what I do remember of those games I think I played in five All-Ireland finals we lost two of them but you know, you get little kind of moments. You say, "Yeah, I remember '97, our first one." You know, there were there were huge nerves, huge nerves. 
didn't sleep the night before or anything like that. You know, that was the year that Morris was Gerald, you know, mm. carried, carried a few of us in the, in, the, in the forward line to win in All-Ireland. <laughs> but it, 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 we, we went to draw and replay against Galway, lost to our man 2002, won the one in 0-4 against me and lost to Tyrone, my last All-Ireland in, in 0-5. And every one of them was different. I mean, for the 0-4 final, for example, now I was struggling with injury all year and right up to the to the throw-in really you know I had a problem with my back and Eamon Fitzmaurice had a problem with his hamstring at the same time and I remember that being almost a blessing in disguise because it took the focus away from mm-hmm. the the event or the, and even at that stage you're a very mature player I was 29 years of age but the focus was getting the injury right getting right for, for half three on Sunday and it was kind of in a perverse way very helpful you yeah. know because the injury wasn't so bad that you could just pull you'd have to withdraw like it was just managing it and um, all the years then like in t- 2002 all-Ireland final against Armagh I never felt better you know I just felt really had a good run of it great training you know I felt diet was right work was right everything in the background mm-hmm. there was no noise and um, you know unfortunately we lost the All-Ireland and uh, unfortunately from our point of view probably Dar- Darrow Shea was, was Kerry captain we had won the championship the previous year and we'd have loved to have got him up the steps you know in 2002 if nobody would have deserved it more at the time because Mark and Tomas were on the squad as well I was the fourth person and Adal McGarrett was there there was a big big mm-hmm. contingent in those years um, but uh, you know the Kerry Galway All-Irelands of 2000 uh, the build up you know around here would have been about oh there's a few Carroll lads Sean O'Donnell and Sean O'Dupair Gwethlick lads themselves you know on either side the banter was strong <laughs> on, at, at the day job in Radio Gwethlick to where I work you know but most of it really became familiar after a while. There's part of me, you know, wishes I was playing now and there's part of me very happy that I'm not playing now. The part of me that wishes I was playing now is in terms of their preparation, they're light years ahead of us. Yeah. You know, we did some awful stupid stuff, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, and then in terms of, you know, the part of me is glad I'm not playing, I suppose. You know, I liked kick catching and kicking <laughs> and there's not a lot of that there at the moment. It's just the nature of the game. It changes, it evolves. I'm not saying one is better than the other. Um, as always, as an ex-player, you're looking at the game saying... I wonder how you know how I'd fit in there now as a full forward or as a centre forward or what would I do? Um, there is a huge premium premium on athleticism at the moment. It was never my strong point, <laughs> and you know that kind of stuff. They're the questions you'd be asking yourself. But the memories of the All Ireland are kind of a bit of a blur, winning or losing. You you tend to remember the ones you lost more, and the ones we lost, we lost by a kick of a ball, a pint in two thousand and two, and a goal. I think it was in two thousand and five, mm. and you have you'd have a certain amount of regrets there, but they're gone. Two thousand and four as captain must have been. Must have been special. I mean, that that's something that, as a kid, you can only dream of, and only a select few Gaelic footballers get to experience that. You know, being a, I guess, an All Ireland winning senior captain is is something the dreams are made of. It, it's the classic cliches, I suppose. It's not something I, like you kind of end up kind of dreaming about or anything like that. But it becomes a thing when you when you win a county championship down here in Kerry. It's still one of the old traditions that they give the captaincy to the club or to the divisional team that won it. And it was our second spin of the merry go round. As I say, we won the county championship in 01. We won it again in 03. Dara got to be captain in 02. I got to be captain in 04. And it is one of the great privileges of your life. Um, more so for, for for the community mm. as much as anything else and even kind of internecine squabbling within the, the district. I'd be from a, the mountainous region up north and Dara would be from the the the, the, the med scene. The, the, you know, the, the, the approach to Fionn is different approach. And, again, and you know, they, that would be there even within the club kind of saying, oh, one, somebody from the from the mountainside and somebody from the other side. Like, yeah. and you're, where we are right here is halfway between the two areas. Right. Like, you know, so all, all that stuff, like, you know, is nice and it was, you know, it was nice to win it. 
And it was one of the great privileges to bring the cup back on the Tuesday after the All-Ireland to your own community, a small local pub in Bohor. They put up marquees, open fields for parking and that stuff was something you don't forget. You know, there was seven or eight bonfires from Dingle all the way out and Dingle are our local rivals and that, you know, the cooperation that was there was mm-hmm. huge. Um, we set aside your differences for the sake of the Kerry team, <laughs> like, you know, and... Uh, that, that 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 was huge and it was it was a huge huge privilege like and other than that like I mean the captaincy was just you know going up for the toss of a kind and trying to play as well as you can and hopefully collect the cup and even I suppose getting the cupola fuckle into the into the speech in the Hogan stand as well I, I, I'm sure it's tradition for for most captains anyway but it's, for someone from the Gale talk there must be even more special I guess yeah I was very surprised and pleasantly surprised last year with Shawnee Shea yeah. he, a lot of his lot of his speech and hopefully David gets to say a few words <laughs> hopefully on Sunday like but. Sean, he was very impressive, I thought, as well, you know. But, yeah, it was nice. I, I think, you know, I really regret uh, the absence of pitch invasions after matches. <laughs> I think that's one of the highlights of any, you know, All-Ireland winning and losing. I was there in 2 under Kieran McGinney as he lifted the cup, you know, and you're grinning and bearing it. like. But in in all 4 one of the huge, huge privileges was looking out at the vast expanse of Croke Park, seeing all the Kerry colours, but actually seeing familiar faces moving closer. Mm-hmm. And they're all Gaelta people, West Kerry people, saying, geez, you know, one of our fellas is up there and we better, you know, uh, listen to him and... You know, seeing that Dara Shea was actually injured for that final and seeing him directly below me in crutches like was very emotional, you know. You, you mentioned a couple of, you know, Gwiltak lads with, with the Galway team. You would have had great battles with them in, in 2000, for example, in the, in the drawn game and then this, uh, the replay as well. But did the, did the sledging ever, I guess, air into a, a couple of fuckle into a, a Gaelic territory? Not, not really. I, to be honest with you, and I'm hearing you, you hear a lot of that with the sledge. Maybe the backs that were marking me weren't thought I wasn't worth <laughs> sledging or whatever. Like, but you know, even that we were supposed to have a desperate rivalry with Tyrone, but I never saw that. So I'll be honest with you, there was a bit like more robustness than usual. But in terms of sledging, I can't say that it was a thing. It genuinely wasn't. I'm surprised. I like, think you can see it. You don't have to be. You don't have to have good ears. You can see it. You know, on the pitch now that it's happening all the time. I like, can. It genuinely wasn't a thing. Right. It, it wasn't a thing. Like I can not honestly, hand in heart, remember anybody having say, saying something nasty or anything like that. You know, you just got on with it. Like there was plenty of all heavy hits and late hits and sly hits and jersey pulling and all that stuff. Like, but talking about and talking into your opposition, it was never a thing. I maybe I'm old, but it's nearly twenty years since I was playing at that yeah. level. So I don't know. You know, it, it it was genuinely never a thing. And any banter that we would have had. You know, I remember having a pint with Sean Ogdepair after the replay in 2000, you know, um, and the players' lounge was opened at the time. And I remember he actually wouldn't get served because they said, look, we've stopped serving. And I was, try- I was after calling around and saying, look, you can have one of mine. Like, but he was actually after playing half an hour earlier out on the pitch, you know, that kind of, st- yeah. th- those small little things I do remember, you know. Um, Caltra beat us in the club final, in the All-Ireland club final in 2004. I remember having a few pints with Declan Meehan inside in the, in the, the players' lounge as well afterwards. My very last game with Kerry, um, there was a new players' lounge just opened and what you had was Kerry and Tyrone eyeing each other across the ballroom, you know, kind of sitting. You know, the, the, that tension was there between the teams, there's no doubt about it. Like, But no, in terms of sledging, I have to say I never, ever came across it. It's interesting, especially the, those Tyrone games because people have this idea that they were... Like, I suppose yeah. Ricey would have marked Gooch. the Gooch. Uh, who would have mar- would been on yourself most of those games? Um, in 03, it was Cormac McNall and North Mercy and Gavin Devlin part of that game. I think when they were starting to get the upper hand in me, they'd move somebody, but they'd move <laughs> move them off me, like you know. Or, um, in 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 you know, five, I got an early goal off Mickey McGee, but I was cat after that, and um, <laughs> I think I finished up on um, 
uh, Chris Lawn, Cricko, right, like yeah. you know, and I had marked him over the years in league games before Tyrone, before it became successful. So I think that was his last game as well. Like there was a few of us finished up after that 05 final. Liam Hassett, William Kirby, and myself, and I think Peter Canavan and Chris Lawn finished up as well. And the Tyrone side, we were kind of, you know, the, the the two Tyrone lads were probably a bit older than myself. Liam and William had come through an awful lot together, same age. Like and you know, it was just a good time. Kerry were on the, you know, a really on the cusp of being very, very good anyway. You know. Uh, Kerry kind of gets forgotten. Kerry got to the All Ireland from every year from four to nine, six years in a row. Yeah. That a powerful, powerful team, and it was easy to walk away from it because you know there was better players coming along. You know what was Cormac McAllen like to to have Mark and Yami? Known as a sticky, sticky marker at the best of times. Yeah, physically strong, like and again, like you know, just pure fair. Like you know, the one some of the players that I most respect, Darren Fay being number one always. Like I thought he was an amazing physical horse of a man mm. that could play football as well and you put McNallan in the same bracket quite vocal McNallan was to his own teammates you know kind of and he'd always be shouting instructions and stuff like that he was a, quite a player Gavin Devlin was the same like you know very vocal you can see how he's become a good coach <laughs> afterwards you know um, and they were they were they were good footballers and like that you'd have good days and bad days against the same lads some days you might kick a couple of pints other days you, they wouldn't give you a sniff of it like uh, there's often debate in our office uh, Owen Sheehan I was obviously of course fighting the Kerry corner about the who was the team of the decade of that noughties period 2000-2010 and I guess that, that we were even talking about it in, in Owen's house this morning the number of finals as you say that Kerry got to as well as the win so yeah, how I, do you settle that debate? I always and it's a conversation I had on a, a transatlantic fight, flight with Brian McGuigan a number of years ago because like, <laughs> he came out after 08 and he said oh, we have to be the team of the decade now <laughs> we've beaten Kerry three times in big matches you know and I was saying every year you beat us you went away the following year we were it was like you know the way Jake Clamata and Sugar Ray Robinson in, the, in Raging Bull and Jake Clamata kind of comes over to him eventually and says you never got us down like you know it's kind of, I don't know which is which in, in that equation like but yeah. Tyrone were an amazing team I don't think they got the credit in 03 and including from ourselves mm. but in 05 wow what a team mm. look at the forward line they had look at the forward line <laughs> they had you know it was ridiculous actually what they had like and you know the less you know the the, the the less stellar name Ryan Millen had three points kicked at by half time on Tomas O'Shea who was yeah. heading for player of the year they were a serious serious team in 08 I wasn't involved so I wouldn't comment too much on it I was a, a, a spectator and you know a fairly sad spectator at the end of that game but we bought the best out of each other all those years you know and they changed the way we thought about football um, they earned our respect eventually not, not even eventually after probably after all 3 we didn't like the way they beat us in all 3 they played a style of football that we t- in, in terms I suppose in almost established way we thought wasn't traditional mm-hmm. but every team is doing it now they're just working hard yeah. and they were they were a serious team a serious team and I think you know in time carry people outside of our group playing group even gave them credit for that you know and I'd like to think you know, that those and it comes to the surface as it did a couple of weeks ago I was never as up for a game as a supporter as I was a couple of weeks ago you know you know, just you get fed up with this nonsense all the time it's got nothing to do with us anymore yeah. we're not We're not. it's not the carry into Rona Bowl that's 20 years ago but that rivalry gets created and it's a good thing but it can get annoying after a while like you know yeah, it, it seems to linger on and continue on for years. Um, the Dublin rivalry is another one that uh, is clearly historic for many reasons the 70s and 80s Kerry having that uh, upper hand you were actually born in, in Dublin is this, was it a special one for you? <laughs> I was for economic migrancy reasons. I was, yeah. My 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 father worked in London for a number of years in the sixties, and then they were in Dublin. Like a lot of people from around here, and my godfather as well. Is the same way they've all moved back down since. Right. But um, I think it was between seventy or seventy one and seventy seven. 
my parents were living was born and reared in Talla, um, St. Mark's Parish in Talla. Um, probably would have been playing with St. Mark's if I was still above there. Um, but yeah, I, I don't remember. I was I was moved on. I was about two and a half years of age. My brother, my older brother, barely remembers it. But yeah, I do get a bit of slagging every now and then. You know, and it's kind of a pub quiz named the Dublin person to lift Sam Maguire for Kerry. And you know, I say Tommy Doyle. I think was born in Chicago. It doesn't really matter. Like you know, it, I I consider myself very much a Kerry man and uh, very much a Gaelic man. And you know, it, it's kind of it's a huge part of my identity. But yeah, my parents lived and they they loved their years in Dublin. My father played a bit of junior football with Belly Kickhams back in the day. I'd say no. He had a fierce interest in football, but even by his own admission, he wasn't much of a footballer. Like, but, um, he, he he contributed an awful lot to this club in the early years of my development as well. You know, so glad to get back down to the the clean air and the open spaces of West Kerry rather than be above and Yeah, less pollution down here. I can I can safely say that. Uh, the, even the, beyond the seventies and eighties and more modern times, there have been some unbelievable games between Dublin and Kerry. Like not least Cluxton's kick in twenty eleven, Shawnee O'Shea's kick uh, last year in the semi final. But even the in 0-1, the quarter-final games mm. in Turles, uh, like the drawn game and then the replay. I was just watching the highlights of, I think it was the drawn game the other day, obviously Morris Fitz's sideline is, is iconic, but I mean, you, you scored a lovely, lovely point in that game. I think you were out in the right-hand touchline, dummied inside, and I think you, you hit it with the left over yeah. the black spot. Like, just unbelievable rivalries and, and some scores in those games that you must remember fondly. I remember moments from it again like that, you know, I, I tend to remember club stuff a bit more. Like I do remember the Turles thing. I do remember, the, uh, you know, the dubs complaining and ringing in live line saying that it was awful far down the country to be travelling like and <laughs> you're kind of going yeah it works the same other ways we have to go to Dublin this weekend yeah, you yeah. know it's it, it's a fair old trick um, the, the, those two games in Thurlis like again you mentioned Morris Fitzgerald I mean what a privilege to play with a player like that God almighty you know the debates that rage even still to this day you know the greatest of all time great. you know I, I hate that debate like you know because you take every game the, the next game is always the most important like in right now David Clifford is one of the greatest of all time but you know Morris Fitz was, was special like you know that he could just make a ball talk um, played here once in 1990 nine in a replay again for South Kerry he broke his leg the same day actually and um, the crowds he just drew in same way with Clifford draws yeah. now, you know just a great player like and again the fellas that, that kind of transcend the game in a way you know even coming out of last year's All-Ireland final I remember saying it was a decent game Kerry and Galway but I said in 20 years time we're going to be talking about Shane Welch and David Clifford yeah. you know it's just unfortunate for the other 30 something players that are there like that they just elevate it to an art form like and that's 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 what happens when these great players, you know, make impose themselves on a game. And uh, yeah, two thousand and one was Morris's time. Those years were, you know, one of the great privileges of my footballing life was to play in the same line of the field as him. Even last year, we were the Jubilee team going out on the team yeah, for the ninety seven thing, and just even having a ten minute chat with Morris in the tunnel before we went out because we don't meet up that much, you know. Yeah. And you know, it's unusual to play with a hero of yours you know on the same team like but to us Morris was a hero like he certainly made that ball talk Morris in in, in a one of that but that, from that sideline ball mm-hmm. um Tommy Carr was doing a lot of talking that day yeah, as well there, there was a bit of stuff going on even if you remember Vinnie Murphy was a sub for Dublin at the time and he came on and there was a bit of banter Vinnie famously came down to Karen's O'Reilly's in Kerry a couple of years previously and probably expected to get on the Kerry team and stuff and found it hard and was one of the best club forwards in the in, in the county at the time would have been in direct opposition to myself I suppose as a full forward in those years and maybe there was a perception that he should have got a fair crack at it and stuff like that but you know we were quite happy to have one in 97 and you know 
um, and Vinny was still in Kerry in those years and was burning it up down here in Kerry like um, but when he came on in in Temple Stadium in 01 then he got a bit of a treatment and because he lifted the crowd so much he was kind of a cult hero with the, with the Dublin following and um, you know they, they drew with us that day and Vinny had a big part in their comeback that day you know kind of horsing into fellas and catching ball and you know make, make, making his presence felt there like but in, in, in the replay I think even though Tomas Shea got sent off the same day we, w- we were probably the better team but the rival we used to hear a lot about the rivalry we didn't have a huge rivalry with Dublin in those years because mm. it was the Armaz, the Tyrone's Galway and Meath in the earlier part of our, our, our time like that they were the, the rivalries that we would have had just as I was finishing up I suppose Dublin were starting to emerge again as a kind of a serious force but it took until 2011 for them to kind of really you know start getting under our skin because mm-hmm. you know, they beat us you know and we didn't like that I was chatting to the Dublin uh, publican Sean Potts during the week and he was saying that the great late great Paddy O'Shea from this very club mm-hmm. uh, once told he was slagging him after Dublin beat Tyrone in the 95 final and said if you want an All-Ireland that counts you have to be carrying the final and uh, <laughs> look this weekend uh, finally Dara we, we should touch on uh, the latest instalment in that uh, modern rivalry I guess um, how do you see how do you see the game going it's, I mean it, it's very very tough to call either way I think yeah, who knows I mean I'm you put on your Kerry spectacles and hat when you talk about, like, let's say next Sunday, and you say, listen, I think we're in a very good place now, barring a few late injuries or a few mishaps like that. You know, we've got a great semi-final um, to come through. Like Derry, with about a minute or two to go, we still thought we were going to potentially lose that game. You know, and that's a good semi-final to get. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I think there's probably about five of the starting team that could say we played up to scratch you know and that's again a very good way once you win those games because there's scope for improvement and I think that that is definitely there Dublin got something similar against Monaghan but their game they were probably home and hose by about mm. 10 minutes out you know um, look the narratives are all there about how Dublin are bringing the band back together that was always going to happen it hurt them to lose last year they don't like that I'm sure they didn't like losing to Mayo in 2021 as well but you know time and tide catches up like Kerry managed to win three in a row in 84, 85, 86 and when the same narrative was there about them, you know, that they might squeeze one more out of it. But when they collapsed, they collapsed calamitously in 87 against Cork and didn't reappear for another 10 years properly. And um, I have a sense that maybe that's where Dublin are at. I don't know. Um, They're some of the greatest players we've ever seen, you know, and again, they've earned our respect over the years not to be talking them down like that. Not that you know, I don't think Kerry would ever ahead of a final out of cuteness or anything else. They've won enough there in our respect. And um, you know, there is genuine, genuine respect for the likes of James McCarthy out there. Stephen Cluxon has changed the game. We'd like to think when Eamon Fitzmaurice was in charge in 2016 that he invented you know, the, the press on Cluxton and mm-hmm. that, that kind of evolved after that. They brought the best out of us. They, they they finished on top in you know 13, 16, 19 even it was heartbreaking you know, and the way I look at it like you know and the bigger picture stuff and again this is not something that players would be talking about or Jack O'Connor and the lads would be talking about this week but and the big picture the broad canvas you're looking at Dublin have taken an awful lot away from us an awful yeah. lot of prestige away from us as a county um, again it's not something that you'd like talking about before or after a game like but every single thing that we hold dear down here in Kerry Dublin have achieved. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and done better than us. You know, they've emulated, and it hurts. It does hurt. And you know, there's party who hopes that the players get that. You know, the players get that. It's not going to make a blind bit of difference at half three on Sunday, but it's just that little bit. Because I sensed it even against Tyrone um, in the quarter final that Kerry were hurting. You know, and sick of this talk of oh, this genuine rivalry is there. You know, what about the rivalry when Kerry win? You know, mm-hmm. um, which they had done in fifteen and nineteen. And you know we we beat Dublin last year, 
um, by the last kick of the game and Dublin were missing their best player and they've brought back three or four more lads and they have Pat Gilroy on the sideline. They're seriously stacked coming into this game. But we'd like to think we're stronger as well and we'd like to think that, that an All-Ireland win in your, you know, in your locker does make the, a difference to you as a footballer. And I do think that there's more scope for improvement. I do think there's players in that Kerry team that have, we've seen a good lot of now, but I think there's more in them. I think there's more in them, and I think we'll see it again next year and the year after. But it's next Sunday that matters, and it's next Sunday that counts. And I just, you know, I, I can't see as a Kerry man anything other than a Kerry win. Um, I thought six or seven, I thought we were six or seven points of better teams in the, in the semi final last year. They played games to, to, to work down the clock. Yes, they have got all those players back, and I don't say that out of disrespect to any of them. Um, we respect absolutely what they've achieved in the game, but I just feel, you know, there's a tide, there's a kind of a tide in the affairs of men that comes, and you know, it's Kerry's time now, and they've never done back to back under Jack O'Connor. So many other reasons, but you know, you get sick of talking it after a while. Just throwing the ball at half three, and let's see mm. what happens. Absolutely. Well, listen, touch wood. It's a, it's an absolute classic on Sunday at half past three, as you say. Uh, enjoy the game as best you can, Dargermagat. Fall to road. OTB AM The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball